So who's our next guest, Kennedy? <laughs> you should know, Brandon. It's Sudanam, of course. SKCM Curry, the one and only. <laughs> hey. How you doing? How are you holding up over there? I want to sing my happy 100 episode song. All right. Let's, Let's have it. it. Feel free. Happy 100 episode. Woo! Happy 100 episode. Happy 100. You're a centennial, right? Is that 100 is centennial? That's right. That's right. And it's, it's so. very few that's blessed to make it to 100, let me tell you. Yes. I, I, I must say, when I met you all, like last year, you impressed me with your intellect, with your questions, with your camaraderie, and with your ability to stick it together through all this discord up and down for an old black sister. Y'all, you the one got me to this. <laughs> we got through the coronavirus. So I'm proud of you. We got through World War Three. They tried to start that up. Oh, through Can't Breathe, we still standing. Still, still rolling and rocking, which is good to hear. Still rolling yeah. and rocking. I, I've been intrigued with your podcast for several reasons. One is you're such a good eclectic mix of people. So one, I have seven questions. The first Yo. one is how'd y'all meet? The second question is just a little bit of background about each person. The third question is what do you want to accomplish for your 200 by your Okay, let, wait, let wait, us wait. start with Let's start with those three. That way there's suspense. <laughs> oh, man. Look, I'm black and old. My phone going to die. So y'all can keep talking when I <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, go okay, ahead. Let's do this. Look, I'm trying to drop it like it's hot before 4 o'clock. <laughs> I love her so much. I will protect you, Sidnam, if no, it fucking kills me. <laughs> uh, if you're still... If you're still Keep extending talking. that offer by the time you have your 60th birthday, we would more than love to go to Ghana with you. And I'm good. That's not my number seven. You only let me get to three. You should have sat down. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Background, how you met. Your goal for 200th show, what do you all see? Your vision, your commitment, what do you want to accomplish? Like, you know, after, like this, I'm talking to you on, you know, your 200th show. Yeah. What do you want to be able to say? Right. Like a vision. And right. then I want to know three minutes about each one of you, like each one, of, even though I've talked to each person, I just, I want to get that flavor from each person. The fourth one is about our nation. At this critical moment in our nation, you all are under 50. I'm concerned about what your concerns are. And then the fifth question for me is, how can you use this podcast to get things right in America by by like this year so that's a, the sixth question is what do you each want to accomplish before you're 50 and my seventh question is how do we work out getting y'all to ghana for my 60th birthday it. oh we love it, we love my, it so those much. are my seven questions those are my seven questions all right so let's let's actually start working through these uh yeah. how did we how I'll did we get through a couple of them quick well we'll, we'll take oh, that let the woman roll. Let her rock. That's my sword. That's right. That's my sword, roar. Let's all That's take that time. Sword, roar. This is this is not she just. Don't need it. She wanted quick. Get out the way, boo. Get out the way. Let her go. Let her rip. Let her yeah. rip. Woo. Yeah. Let's take our time because this is kind of important. And it's also a good way thing to, to tell you talk to the audience boo, about boo. too. Because they don't know all of this as well. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. This is not just my personal vindictive thing. Oh, right. Okay. So this is this is for the people. <laughs> all right. I uh, thought it was about me, but okay. Let's it take ain't about me. <laughs> this is also about you. 
So let's uh, how how did we meet, Rachel? You're like the odd duck because you met these folks through me, right? Yeah, yeah, and I met you through organizing. Like I think um, the first time I noticed you, Brandon. I was up at the podium delivering some kind of something or other while Greg was chair of uh, Madsa. And while I was like getting into position, I accidentally knocked over his microphone and it made this like big noise. And I said, oh, no, I'm calling, I think. And you <laughs> in the front seat started cackling like couldn't, <laughs> could not hold your shit together. That was the first time I noticed you and was like, oh, I got to get to know that guy. <laughs> that was my first general meeting. At wow. Well, that worked out well. You were my first laugh, and yeah, that worked out real well for both of us. As for the OG3, this is the first time I've ever used that and been accurate. Uh, <laughs> you can describe any three people. But yeah, for the OG3, we met on the uh, Marianne Williamson Discord during that week that she was very hot in the news media, and mm -hmm. people were just flooding in and talking about her. So uh, Leia initially had the idea of, like, we should start a podcast. Because and all of us had individually said, I would like to be on a podcast. And then I was like, yeah. hey, if we all of us would like to be on a podcast, why don't we just like do that? Uh, also, can I add one more funny detail to this, which is that part of how this came together, too, was I ended up being like the admin of the Marianne Williamson Discord completely by chance. I joined it and I was like, hey, this seems like a mess. Do you need any help like with like Discord settings? And I was just going to like offer to show them stuff. Yeah. And the next thing I know, like the person who created it has just abandoned me with the server. <laughs> 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 um, and also, like Rachel and I and a third host started a second podcast called Red Clay that's supposed to be just about Georgia issues, but it just became like its own little weird brand that we have put in mothballs for now. Yeah, where it was kind of like just the goofing off version. Like we goof off yeah. a lot. We're not safe for walks, but like that one's just goofing off. So we uh, we we did it and we kind of merged houses like in a, in a feudal sense. And I think we got like the best of both worlds, which makes... Uh, the phenomenal team that got us to 100 right now. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because Kennedy and I got married, and then I adopted Brandon. Oh. <laughs> and now Leia oh, no, is Brandon's no. auntie. And that's just how it works out now. It's we're all yeah. just big happy family. One big family. The war of this show is very messed up. Um, I, Question number two is just, like, about us, right? No, I, I, my question was about what do you each want to say after episode 200? Oh, okay. It's more about vision and, you know, because you got here, you know, as you shared kind of by mistake. But now planning, placement, and positioning at 200, you got a jail. So what do you each want to say at episode 200? I, we accomplished boom, boom, boom together in, by episode 200. I want to say that like we have a community, like we have a community now, but I want it to be like a like a self-feeding community. I want a community that we don't want to engage in anymore. You know, certain <laughs> and they just have so many fans that like I have to draw back from this and really just focus on the show. So I want us to have like a really large community of people who are us. Yeah. Yeah, people that take the message of the show to heart and like care about themselves and each other and about improving the world. And we don't even have to, like Brandon said, we don't have to mess with them. We can just sit back and watch as, you know, we did this. We can say we did this. Okay, I'm missing voices. I just like the idea of, um, especially, this might not, be depending if we keep making episodes at this rate we might reach episode 200 a little before this arrives but i would love for somebody you know in 2022 to is like announcing their run for office to come to us and say you know hey i want to announce on your show 
Like just to that be, would be. Yeah, right, yeah. That. I was thinking kind of that too. Like I would like uh, us to get to the point where we are breaking stories. Yeah. You know, we're like we're doing okay. like our own investigations where we're using the platform we have to like meaningfully affect change. You know, and that doesn't necessarily have to be electoral or like people announcing their campaigns, but like, you know, things we're finding out about or like we're finding corruption or if we're finding like, you know, prisoners getting abused or whatever. Like I want to see us starting to use our platform to really shine a spotlight on some of the worst things that are happening and see if we can like get people interested in fixing those problems. Yeah. That's what I would like to do. And like we've been able to do that a little bit already, but it it would seriously be amazing to have more like journalistic tools and credibility and capability and just really be able to like like go out there and like film stuff and do more things and i don't know there'd be a lot of stuff that just in terms of yeah being able to like break stories more like we've been able to do a little bit of that and we would just really love to do a lot more of that i couldn't agree more i love that so that the number three a little bit about each one of you i want everybody to give me a two two bit about you well, let, let's see. Uh, myself in two minutes. Union, Democrat, family, extremely lower income, raised in the hood, came from the ghetto, survived the hood. Got into uh, marketing and advertising because I was a college dropout and I wanted to do something that didn't require any kind of uh, paperwork. And I guess the paperwork in advertising is just building your resume and portfolio and personal connections. It took me a long time to get good at it, but I uh, stuck with it. Incredible dedication. And I guess over that time, I got politically frustrated with the Democrats uh, who like just do things that are like designed to lose practically. And I figure me, I don't know. I don't have a big doctorate in history and I can see patterns that are mistakes being repeated. And why can't these folks that claim to be educated, why can't they recognize them too? So I kind of tilted more towards the left in terms of an organizational standpoint than an ideological one. And uh, yeah, I've been been organizing since and I've been on this podcast and it's been great. Nice to meet you again. <laughs> That's correct. Hello. Yeah, Kennedy, you want to take next? Yeah, I'll go next. I'm Kennedy. I, I'm queer. I'm a peace activist. Um, that was the, the original political issue in my life was peace activism, which I got involved with at a really young age. I started protesting the Iraq war when I was around 12 years old and just have been kind of on it in various forms ever since. Grew up really poor, extremely poor for most of my childhood and life and uh, just really like, you know, working with people just dealing with really ground level issues of like queer people like without housing and things like that and just like things like that through a lot of my life and uh, have a long complex history with religion. I used to like want to be a spiritual leader. Specifically, I was in Quakerism for a long time. Um, but now I'm kind of like a little bit, not exactly disillusioned in the sense that like all sense of spirituality is gone, but just that like, I started to feel like people didn't really, they weren't really willing to like be active or maybe radical enough in like the religious settings that I kept finding myself in. And politics is where I found like people actually wanting to do the things that I saw as problems. And that's kind of how I ended up here, I guess. Okay. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm Leia. I'm at the very younger end of this podcast age range, being uh, 18 and a half right now. And so my political career. You know when you when you register when you register in half years that you're a baby. <laughs> yeah, I am. And I've been working in politics or adjacent to politics ever since my friend in middle school ran for state senate. I thought it would be fun to intern for her campaign, and I did. And we helped her take the seat and successfully flip the. Washington State Senate uh, flipped that chamber from Republican controlled to Democrat controlled. And so the Democrats finally had a trifecta in Washington after the longest time. And they used it to pass, you know, a number of legislation. And from there, I went on to help manage a city council campaign that successfully unseated a 12 year incumbent. And then about seven months ago, my parents disowned me for being transgender just right about after I turned 18. They stopped paying for my college. I wasn't able to find alternate sources of funding in time, so I had to drop out. I moved in with an internet friend in Texas uh, just on spit and prayer, and I have been here ever since working on this podcast, trying to piece my life back together, and it's finally coming back together. Um, getting my identification documents, preparing to move into an apartment with my girlfriend. Things are going to be, things are looking really up for me, and I hope that when I when I'm in the episode 200, that I can talk about the the things that I've done in the future, the things that I've done in the next year. I think I'm going to be really excited for for whatever whatever next year holds. Wow, I think we got to do a sitcom like Friend, call it podcast. <laughs> I'm blown away. I think we got a sitcom podcast. All these yeah. different diverse backgrounds, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm just sitting here going, "Wow, this is so." This is the America I want. Yeah, thank you. And Rachel? So I started out in college doing psychology as my major, and then I kind of accidentally got another degree at the same time in philosophy, um, just because I really okay. liked it. And I realized I was like, you know, one or two classes shy of a double major. I was like, well, fuck it. Yeah. And so I kind of inadvertently got the equivalent of like a twice as deep poli-sci degree, because I learned about, you know, all of the sort of psychological underpinnings and also the sort of philosophical histories of like justice and morals and all of that um and then i graduated and it turns out that those things don't get you paid at all and so i was like going from shitty job to shitty job to shitty job and i was like what am i doing with my life i ended up going to a marketing school and then i got out into that industry and i was working as a developer and i was at like one of the quote-unquote good places and the conditions were just horrible and Mm. around that same time uh i started like really really struggling with a chronic pain disorder that i've like always had but like when i get stressed it gets worse And I was so stressed that whole time that, like, I, like, couldn't get out of bed anymore. Like, just, like, everything was searing pain. So, like, it it got to the point where, like, okay, so, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a woman, I'm disabled, I am struggling to make it work in the workplace, like, I want to die, like, this is not a working system. And sort of in the background of all of that, you know, was... Like, while I was in marketing school, like, the Sanders campaign was happening and kind of making me think about things differently. And, you know, it it was, like, slow and then very fast, I guess, how I got, like, radicalized. Because, you know, after the 2016 campaign, Clinton ran and it was horrible and she lost and she deserved to. And, like, I couldn't look at what happened and think, yeah, you know, this side deserves to win. Because the truth of it is, like, the... 
DNC wasn't doing anything that made them deserve to win. And, you know, ever since then, like, I've just been trying to figure out how the fuck we can take care of people. Um, and so while I was doing that, you know, over in Metro Atlanta DSA, that's where I met Brandon. And here we are now, you know. And I, I'm really glad and grateful to have landed where I did. And in retrospect, it seems so fucking inevitable because, yeah, like, I, and I, I think this is probably true of all activists and organizers, actually. We do it because we, we don't know how to not. You know, it's like a compulsion. It's something that we do to make the screaming anxiety of watching everything fall apart just a little bit less loud love it all right so what else what else what else do we have are we talking about nation as people under 50 what are our concerns i guess i can go rachel you can go first and we can like go in reverse order if you want oh man um so if i could like wave a wand and just change like one thing right now it would be probably some kind of like green new deal type thing you know like massive expansion of social services and programs putting people to work doing things that are like actually solving this you know massive clusterfuck of a problem we have with climate change but beyond that you know i want to see whatever needs to happen to get people to the point where they can actually meaningfully participate in politics again. So, you know, I want to feed people. I want to give people medicine. I want to make sure that they have housing, you know, and I, I want to do what we can to let people have enough time to go out and do the things that fix their community, you know, themselves and not have to try and farm it out to politicians anymore, but just really be empowered within their own communities. Leia, what are your big political concerns and how, what do you want? How can we get things right in this world? I think my main big political concerns kind of lie in line with, with Rachel's in that I want a Green New Deal and I want things to kind of stop sucking. I have a vested interest living in the state, in the state of Texas, stopping sucking. Texas has been said to be flipped blue for every election since like 2000. So it'll be nice if it actually happens and we start seeing some policies that don't suck total ass here. And I think we're on the right track. Uh, We got to run progressive candidates like Seema Hernandez and not people who will definitely not win like M.G. Hagar. But I think we're in the right direction and we're going to see a more progressive Texas in due time. Uh, I guess uh, I kind of want to get a little esoteric. I'm usually like pretty practical, but like this is just some big picture stuff that we're talking about here in a lot of ways. And like some of my big concerns, I mean, I have a lot of them. I have so many concerns, but uh, uh, I'm really worried about- top three? I'm really worried about the way that like the system of economics that we live under just seems like so completely untenable, just in the sense that like these these things do not match up. Like all of these expectations and realities uh, don't match up. And I would really like to see just people's like economic values change. And I'm really concerned about that. You know, there's still so many people that think people being on food stamps is like a really bad thing or, you know, things like that. And I'm that that kind of stuff really troubles me. Just like changing people's minds about that stuff. And then also just like I'm generally really concerned with the fact that like we seem unable to keep things working that did work in the past Uh, like we seem to have like reached this stage in like where we're at with like technology and politics and innovation and all these different fields where like we are like constantly pushing for this like next thing so hard that like everything has fallen apart and nothing is working because we're all waiting for this next thing that's supposed to arrive and save us and i'm really Mm. concerned about that because i don't think that's a realistic mentality that's very deep and that's very good and that's very true Uh, i guess i should also answer uh what are what are my concerns 
I think that there's just a lot of hopelessness. I think there's a lot of hopelessness in our politics. When we talk to like people who are working people, you know, I go somewhere and I talk to my Uber driver and there's just so much acceptance of what they think the reality should be in terms of living in a world where they're not going to get help, where they're not going to get support, where they're not going to have their basic needs met. I would like for, for Black people specifically to be raised in a political environment where they believe change is possible. Uh, I would like for my generation to just be the last generation that was that grows up being told like of what the dynamics of power are and being told like this is how you've got to act to survive those dynamics. Uh, I hope that like people coming up after me just kind of understand that the sky's the limit because they've seen it in action. And I hope that I can be a part of like bringing those things to fruition and expanding the political imagination and political possibilities. Um, we also have like a, a, a planet that's going to be a, like a ticking time bomb. And I think that that is something that can create like desperation, both internally and abroad. I definitely want to like, I think that our political mainstream center is not going to be in charge for much longer, uh, just because they don't really have any real answers to any of these problems that the people are facing. And I don't mean like the people in sense of the working class. I just mean people who live here like of all politics and all stripes, just know the government does not meet anybody's concerns right now. So I'm also concerned about what's going to fill that gap in what the public trusts. And I hope that it's not the kind of right-wing authoritarianism we've seen in countries across the world, but it's something that's more sustainable uh, and something that's more uplifting. And I guess my third concern is like just healthcare shit. I feel like we've all talked to the ear off of that one. Uh, we've talked it to death, but like everybody listening to this knows how messed up our healthcare situation is and fixing that fixes a lot of other problems in the country. So uh, living somewhere that fixes that unique problem that we have in the United States is uh, really important to me. So on a personal level, and I'm going to let's juggle around for this one. Uh, what do we want to do before age 50? And I'm going to put uh, Kennedy on the spot here. Just as a human being, uh, sure. what do you want to do with your life when you turn 50? I'm, uh, I'm going to change it just a little uh -oh. bit. So oh. you have like two questions, two two things. I thought about it. Okay. Um, I read a book called, uh, I think I told you all about it, What Colors Your Parachute by Richard Bowles. I've heard of it. Yeah, you, and he, <laughs> these two questions changed my life. So you could take them the way you want. What do you want to accomplish before you die? And what's preventing you from doing it now? I was saying 50 because I'm 58. And that I thought when I was 26 that 50 was like old. So I'm just trying to give it context. Does that make sense? Right. Sure. Yeah. All right. So though it's like a two-party question. What do you want to accomplish before 50? And then what's preventing you from doing that now? I want you all to use the show to get your nouns done. That's the goal here. Honestly, <laughs> I've been old since I was like 25. So <laughs> like I've been spiritually old for a long ass time. Um, wow. I think before I hit 50, I want to be. Should I do the drum roll? I want to have created programs that can be sort of used wherever for people to feed themselves and for people to like house each other and like sort of some solutions to these problems that can be sort of implemented in a lot of different places. And the only thing that's really holding me back on that one, I think at this point, is just that we haven't built up the momentum yet. But I, I think that's just a matter of time, you know. Okay. Love it. Kennedy? All right, sure. I'll go next. Um, listen, maybe y'all, some of y'all might hear what I'm about to say. I think it sounds a little selfish. 
or self-centered or whatever. No judgment. But I have been I have been poor my whole life. I would like to own property, which is something that I don't like have never known for sure if it's possible. I I, I may not own property in like a super traditional way. For those of you who know me, y'all know I've been talking about like starting a land trust with some friends and things like that. But I would like to own property. Uh, I would like to have my health issues under control. I would like to have enough stability that uh, I'm not like feeling on the verge of homelessness like two to four times a year. That would be nice. That, that These are the things that I want before 50 personally. I would also like to change a lot of things in the world. But just speaking from the heart right now, like when I think about like being 50, like I really hope I'm like stable and not just like struggling in poverty completely by then. That's really what I think about. And, and nothing wrong with that. And self-preservation is key to anything else, Kennedy. Do not feel any level of anything. That's your truth. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Oh, yeah. Let, no, huh. Tell me about it. Me personally, I want to indulge with myself. I want to engage my own intellect and my own mind. I don't know if we talk about these things because we talk about politics so much, but I've always been just a fan of writing and a fan of the craft of storytelling. And I would love to just have like a, a, a lifestyle where I'm waking up and I'm on the beach and I'm like just Woo-hoo. hanging out and seeing the water and doing stuff and grilling and spend a few hours a day, like just kind of living in my own world and being able to communicate truths about life in a really exciting and entertaining way. Uh, that would just be like really cool. And I think for a lot of my life, just the money was the thing that got in the way. And I think I'm kind of getting to a place where I can kind of do that, like financially, like it's I can realistically, if, if everything went south in my life, I could probably go to a beach somewhere and kind of survive. I'm very mm-hmm. fortunate in that strategic sense. I don't have a family. Like I don't have kids. I'm middle aged. Like I've got a lit, like a tiny bit of stability that maybe I can like pull it off. But uh, I just have like a lot of responsibilities just now, like as an organizer into my family. Before I can really do any of that stuff, I got to get like a couple people in my family stable so that they can like survive and do their business and stuff without necessarily needing me. Because I got to get to that stage, and then I can think about how much leisure can I introduce into my life. Because yeah. Much like Kennedy, and we've talked about that and bonded over that. I've lived a very high stress life as well. So yeah, I would like to love to just go somewhere and sleep for half the day and cool it. And maybe I'd get hungry to go back into the fight after a few months. But yeah, I would love to just do that, that beach bum thing for like a year or something. That would be rad. Yeah, I think for me, the past seven months of my life have been really transformative for me. Mm. And I kind of... I mean, it's honestly a little bit like Kennedy and Brandon. I want to have security in my life again. I want to have space. I want to have private space and comfort. And and if this is if this isn't a little bit selfish to me, I think I would want a nice a nice house to live in with the people I love. And beyond that, I think I want to write and make a one good album, like a musical album. I think that's that's my chief and overarching goal i i love music and i've always loved music and i started to pick up the guitar a few months ago after so many years of dithering about it and i just want something that will outlast me like that something that people can listen to and experience the emotions that i experienced and the thoughts that i thought i love that what's what's in the way what's stopping you from getting there well um a lot of practice a lot a lot of practice <laughs> You have been working hard on it, though. I'm proud of you. Yeah, thank you. I've been doing an hour if I can manage, but 
if I can't like 30 minutes of guitar practice a day, at some point when I've kind of mastered it, I think I'm going to try to pick up the keyboard too. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm going to work on it. And I got some friends that would be more than happy to join with me in a band or something. So I think, I think I'm good on that. I just got to work at it, which I have been doing. Awesome. Yeah, I think what stands in the way of a lot of this stuff and just a lot of things in general is just like you got to put that one foot in front of the other. Like Leo's talking about that 30 minutes to an hour a day uh, It may not sound like a lot, but that is what makes all the difference in terms of accomplishing those kinds of goals, I think. Yeah, I think people always really look for like they want to they want to do a shortcut, you know, get to the point where they can just do the thing and they want to be good at it already, you know, but the the reality of it all is like it's the journey. It's the things you learn while you're learning. All right, Sudanam, you got one more or something Remember or two more? Remember getting to Ghana in two years. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's just on everybody's before we're 50 list, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do we need? Sudanam, I hope you. Oh, I, I really want you to know this, and I want everybody else to know this too who's listening. I, I really hope that you know that we talk about the Ghana trip and your birthday yeah, all the time. Like, oh, I at am so least, happy. At least every like two months it comes up in some form. Like ever since we met you, it's like it, it has never been far from our minds. I really want you to know that because like it is literally something we think about a lot because you have been just an incredible person to know through the course of making the show. And like, I just can't even, I, your birthday party in Ghana sounds like it's just going to be like knowing you, it, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be what, probably one of the coolest things I've ever done in my whole life. So I, I cannot imagine okay, this. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to have every six months a follow-up because what can happen is, so that's two years, right? So every six months, we kind of check in with people because folks need a passport, they need a visa, they need a plane ticket. So I think we have to set it up where there's a way to you know, get people kind of knowing that these are the steps and a visa. <laughs> like there's four things that yeah. have to happen you know, before you come. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. And then we can, you know, we can do your 500 show in Ghana or something. You oh, know, man, that something would be that wonderful. Make it a milestone as well for you all. I want to do that really bad. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just want to say for the record, if you're not coming on this show at least every like six months-ish, that's more like a failing on our part anyway. So <laughs> I think we could keep, I think we keep to that schedule. Right. But I, I have a couple of things to say to you all from listening to you. Yes, okay? go ahead. You know, I, I am seeking the green point. So when I hear you all, young people speak, I'm like, we got solutions. You know, the issue of economics, there has to be a living wage. No one should not have a guaranteed income. Wouldn't you all agree? Yeah. yeah. So your questions and your concerns about the earth. I, I don't know if you all remember, but our campaign talks about ecological economics. We are anti-capitalist. So unless our whole economy changes to understanding that the earth does not need us at all, nature will always win. So how do we have a paradigm shift as human beings living on this planet that does not need us? Who's hosting us? What do we need to do to regenerate her? sustain ourselves and live biodegradably and a hundred percent in her understanding. So our, our campaign talks about ecological wisdom, you know, that the Green Party pushes, but our campaign, and I'm really, I was sad to hear folks talked about the Green New Deal. You can't have a deal with the planet. You got to have a system change. So the economic system is tied into how we view the earth. So no deal, no rights, 
system, green system chain. And it has to be based on the planet and, you know, all that connected to, a you know, a universal income, health care, I heard you all yeah. talked about. We should not have, I mean, single payer. So, you know, so anti-capitalist. Another thing I heard real clear from Brandon was, you know, this being the last generation. I think you all, I think you're aware that my grandmother on my father's side was purchased out of slavery for $300. My grandpa was killed because my mother went to college and European-American DNA, KKK types, you know, we're going to try to stop her from getting on a train to go to college. And my grandfather said, nope, kill me first. And that's what happened. So one of the big things our campaign does and what we're doing is talking about anti-racism. There's that book, How to Become Anti-Racist. Racism and capitalism are intertwined. So ending capitalism through green system change ends racism. And our campaign has hosted two open book reads. This of that book, How to Be Anti-Racist, we had one in uh, December, five Sundays. Our last one is this coming up Sunday. So there's a way out of this. And I, I really, really want you all to in, like understand that you got to get involved with running for office or supporting candidates that support the things you care about. Because we are right. in a democracy. We're not in a, uh, anything else. So it's through elected representation laws, rules, procedures that the policies and the changes we talk about take place. Well, I my two minute speech. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um Sunam, thank you so much once again. Well, thank you all. It's just absolutely a delight yeah. to have you join us. This might actually this has now become so long. This might get released as its own special addendum episode that comes out separately or something because this yeah, is so, this, this was like a separate. special this was like a really yeah. special thing to have you come here and ask us all these things about ourselves and I don't know. I'm, I'm really an aunt. My favorite yeah. title is aunt. <laughs> if I'm talking to young people, I'm doing more listening than speaking usually. <laughs> well we appreciate that very much Hello. about I, you. I'm just so thrilled. But let's we I think we can do I know how we can make some money, y'all, to get you out of Ghana. Oh, let's talk about that some more. And uh, we'll definitely talk about that after the show. Sudanam okay, Curry, podcast. thank you so much. I know we got we're gonna do a podcast and release it online. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Happy 100 episodes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.